morning in the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5. What we want to look at today, he gave us this, 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 this sermon to talk on today, and it's called Deny the Access. And, and, and as we looked yesterday in this city of Memphis, those who are listening in, a, in another city, we had a, a young mother stab and kill four of her children. And we were talking with a lady at, at the bank yesterday, and, and uh, she said she must have been out of her mind, or she must not have been in her right mind. And he said, yes, she was definitely not in the mind that normal people have. But you're going to discover that these last times, you're going to see more and more of this type of activity, because there is a lot of individuals who are giving access to the enemy giving access to their soul, their mind, and their spirit to the enemy. And uh, as you have no defense, as when we were talking about the Sabbath school this morning concerning the vineyard, God says, I'm going to take away the fence around it. And you're going to see what happens when God has taken away his hedge around, from around you and from around this city and from around this world. And we're going to see more and more heinous acts. But God says, I need my church to understand that they need to deny the access as well. Because if we are going to stand for the truth, that we're going to be an example to all the rest of the nations, we're going to have to stop letting the devil have place in our minds and our hearts. Amen? Amen. And he said, we're in 1 Peter chapter 5, and this is why. 1 Peter chapter 5, I'm just going to read verse 8. It's 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. It says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may what? Devour. He may devour. So this is what's happening in reality. You have an enemy, an adversary, who is walking around him and his army, seeking whom he may what? Devour. That's what happened yesterday. He found a host, and he acted upon what he does. He was a murderer from the beginning, was he not? Amen. And so when we see these types of heinous crimes, we know one thing. It was his, his presence in the lives of those people. Amen? Amen? We must understand that we give the devil access too much in our lives. We give him too much opportunity to do these things, and we must understand that you are not above that. Amen? Amen. You can be... In, uh, uh, possessed, I guess is the best word, at any moment when you give an open avenue to the devil. And God said, look, I, I'm going to show you an example here in, in the book of John chapter 13. I'm going to show you an example how quick this can happen when you give access to the devil in your life. And we're going to go over some principles, some, some, some avenues that the devil gets into our lives and we want to know what happened. Why did our life fall apart? Why did this occur? Why did I do this? It's because we have given him access to our soul. But it, and, and a great example of that is found in John chapter 13. John chapter 13. And we're going to start at verse 24. This is when, when they were at the Last Supper, as they called it. And, and, and Jesus had made a statement. He said, one of y'all are about to flake out on me. Well, that's the translation. <laughs> he said, one of you are going to betray me. And so everybody was looking around. See, is it me? Is it me? Is it me? And John was laying upon him and said, Lord, I hope it's not me. But, but, but Simon asked this question in verse 24 of John 13. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of him he spake. He then, lying on Jesus' breast, saith unto him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered. And he, he said, he it is to whom I shall give a song. When I have dipped it, and when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, what happened? Satan entered into him. We need to see that. We need to understand that reality. Satan entered into Judas because Judas had an avenue that Satan could enter in, into. We must understand this happens. This is not movies. This is not television. If you have experienced it at any time in your life, you can testify that Satan enters into you. Amen? Amen. And, and what's, what used to happen to me when I, when I was younger, I had a temper. And so when, when somebody would say something or something would happen, I'll never forget we were playing baseball. This was, oh, I guess I might have been 10 or 12, and I was playing on this team, and this guy said something to me. And I rushed him. 
and I jumped on him. And as soon as I was about to launch in on him, that demon left me. You ever been angry and all of a sudden you're not angry anymore? But you in now. <laughs> you know, you don't jump this guy now, you gotta do something. Uh, so, but as soon as it happened, it was gone. And I'm like, and I'm, you know, the teammates, you know, they separated us and everything, but, but I'm like, that fast. And that happened. And I'm glad I was a young guy instead of an old guy. These days, what happens is that spirit comes upon people and people end up dead. And you ever seen people say, I don't know why I did it. You know, and the court system says it's called a what? A crime of passion. That passion is called possession. You have just been possessed by the devil to move upon the lives of somebody that fast. So Satan entered into him, and then Jesus said unto him, If thou doest, do quickly. Because he understood what was about to happen. But we're looking at it from this point of view that the devil can have rightful access if you give it to him. And Judas had something in his spirit that allowed Satan to enter in, and he became the one who betrayed the innocent blood. We see that? Amen. He Satan uses those, those things that, that give him access, and those things that give him access are found in a very particular place in your being. It's in your soul and in your heart. What is in your heart gives access to the enemy. Go to, stay in John. Let's go to 14. Jesus had figured this. Jesus knew this. And Jesus left us an example. And I believe he left this scripture for us so we may understand that this is real, but it doesn't have to be our fate. Jesus, this is after he said in verse, 14, I mean, verse 30 of John 14. He said, hereafter I will not talk much with you. He said, you know, because I'm about to be betrayed. These things are about to happen. They're going to crucify me. I'm not going to really talk much to you anymore. He said, for the prince of this world. Who is the prince of this world? Satan. Satan. He coming. Okay? And have nothing in me. See, there were no avenues in Jesus that Satan could go into and, and possess him. There was nothing there that Satan could come in and say, I have a rightful uh, place in your heart. Because Jesus had sewn it up. He had been covered by the Holy Spirit. He had obeyed his Father. So there was nothing there that caused, to, to, to let the devil come in and make Jesus do something he didn't want to do. And this is what we have to be. We have to get our souls and our hearts in line in such a way that Satan doesn't have this kind of access to us anymore. And Jesus said, he has nothing in me. Now, did we see this? Did Satan come to Gethsemane? Did Satan come to the garden? Yeah. Now, did he have a pitchfork and horns? And He came in the personage of those soldiers and those representatives of the church. They came. Satan had filled their heart with envy because envy was already there. And so that was the access point that he got to church. They were envious of Christ because Christ was doing the things his father told him to do, and they were just talking it. So they said, we got to kill this guy. And they became envious. And that, 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 that spirit of envy is a very wide avenue that the devil, his agents, and his imps can flow into your soul. We have to watch these things. Amen? Amen. He said, but Jesus got the mastery. He said, there's nothing in me that Satan can, can come in and sit up, set up shop. We have to figure that out. We have to get to a point where there is nothing in us that Satan can possess us in order for us to commit these heinous crimes. Go to Hebrews, if you would. And he, he called this type of possession, he called this, this type of, 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 of sickness, this poison that's in our soul, he called it something interesting in the book of Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And if we would, let's start at verse 14. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. This is sickness, it's a poison that's in our soul that causes these things to happen in our lives. And in verse 14 of Hebrews 12, it says, Follow peace with all men in holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking diligently, lest any man fall of the grace of God. Now, now, now this kind of helps us understand that 
This can be us, because we can fall from the grace of God. God is giving us mercy, and God is giving us grace, and as long as we stay in it, we're going to be okay, but we can do things that keep us from, from staying there. We fall out of the grace of God. Now, he said, at least any, he said, a uh, man may fall out of the grace of God, but he said, lest any root of what? Bitterness. Bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. He called it a root of bitterness. In our soul, we have this poison called the root of bitterness. Some of us are still bitter now. Some people are still bitter for something that happened to them three decades ago. And as long as you have that bitterness in your soul, you are giving access to Satan. And we don't, well, I don't know why things aren't going right. I still can't stand that person. Well, that person, he ain't apologized to me yet. As long as you have that in your soul, the devil has every right to possess you. That's why you have to cut that stuff loose. You got to say, Lord, I'm through with that. Move me to where you want me to move. That bitterness, it comes from, and a lot of times the way society has been set up in the last 50 years, people are bitter because I didn't have a father. My father ran off, and, 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 and my, my mother talked bad about my father, and I'm bitter against this, and I'm upset. Man, I'm going to tell you something. As long as you hold that in your soul, you give him rightful access to your heart. And you got to, if we're going to be a people that's going to represent God, we got to cut him off. We have to deny the access of Satan in our lives. Amen. And bitterness is one way he gets in. Amen? Amen? He said, look, it's a poison. And when that bitterness and that poison is in your heart, it affects all that you do and it affects all that are around you. Everyone around you. That bitterness that was found in Judas's heart, did it affect the whole world? Amen. It did, because it, it was the avenue that Satan used to crucify Christ. What about us? We have acts that we perform that affect more than us. It affects, it, it, it affects others around us. And when we are parents, the acts that we perform affect the generations to come. We must understand that we have to get to this point that we cut off Satan's access to us, so not just for us and our safety, but for those around us. You, ever, you said, remember when we were growing up and said, don't hang around those people? Because something always bad happened to those people. And a bullet has no name on it, does it? You could be hanging around people who have given full access to the devil because you think it's fun. Oh man, they have a good time over there. I'm going to go down to the club. The club is full of fully accessed people. Aren't they? I can't hear much from the man. I figure everybody's asleep. I didn't accuse anybody of going to the club. I'm just saying this is what happens at the club. They said, Satan, they walk in the door, they stamp you and say, Yep, you mine tonight. And they say, Well, prove it. You have stamp. There it is. When you go into such places, Satan has had has full access. And so anything that happens, you really can't say nothing to Jesus, can you? I don't know why Jesus let me, you know, get slapped in the club. Well, Jesus told you not to go there. He just he had enough mercy that you left the club. People, some people didn't leave the club last night. And so what we have to understand is this access is real and his access is powerful and it doesn't take but a moment. He said, but it, we, 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 what, what we need, to, let's look at something. What entry points are there? What are the things that he gained access through? Go to the book of Psalm, if you would. These entry points are found in our hearts. It's not an outside job, it's an inside job. When we find that Satan is looking, he's not looking at for your outward entry, he wants to get into your soul. He wants to get into your heart so he can make you do the things that he wants you to do. And it's wonderful. He thinks it's beautiful. He rejoices uh, uh, abundantly when he gets church people to do it. Because he said, oh, see, see, you thought you had them. Look at them. I got them doing what I, they, they get to argue at a drop of a hat. He said, yeah, your people, huh, Lord? Look at your people. Stealing, killing, and, 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 and being all sensitive. We are in trouble, huh? We got to be a people that can stand for the right and exemplify the Spirit of God in our hearts instead of being used by the access that we give Satan. Go to Psalm 37. Here's one of the, one of the top access points 
And I don't care if you don't believe it, it's the truth. Was that too hard, sister? Psalm 37 and verse 8. Let's start there. Psalm 37 and verse 8. He gives a command here. He says, cease from anger. Anger is a huge access force. When you get upset, you lose your mind, don't you? I've seen it over and over again. Even and, 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 and what's funny is if you if you if you let's say you play a sport or you play basketball or or, or or wherever you're doing, when you get mad, you lose your mind. And that used to be the, the thing we used to do. Oh, if I could make you mad, you off your game. And there was some 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 athletes that used to do that. Say, oh, I'm just going to make you mad, and you spend your whole time chasing me. And try to hit me and try to do and all of a sudden the game's over and y'all lost and I'm out I'm out. But that happens in real life too. If if, if 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 you get angry, you lose your purpose. You start going off into another direction. And what's interesting about this direction, you might start one place and end up all the way down the road. The prison is full of people that way. But he said, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. And so here we are. He said, what are you being angry about? See, because you're angry, you're going to seek some wrath, aren't you? You want to get back at somebody. You want to you want to do something uh, to that person who made you angry. Even though you know in the scriptures it says, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Don't you think God can pay somebody back better than you? And what we have to be is a higher level Christian. Somebody makes you angry, pray for them. And say, Lord, first person I need to pray for is me. I'm angry. Dead people don't supposed to be angry. They say, if you, if we are dead, but your life is hid with Christ in God. He said, mortify your members that are upon the earth. He said, if you are dead, dead men don't get angry. Go down to the cemetery and just cuss everybody out. You're going to hear any response? Steal, you know, steal a, a blade of grass off the, off the tomb. They're not going to say anything on This is how we got to be, but we get alive. He said, how can a dead man be angry? Because pride sets in. Most times people get angry because their pride is there. Really? I'm going to tell you what God says about pride in just a minute. But anger will make you do things you're not supposed to do. Anger is an access point. When you find yourself getting angry, hit your knees. Because you're opening up the door for some action you don't want to perform. Amen? And, and you'll get sometimes so angry you can't control yourself until it's all over. And now you sit there, you know, how did I get here? You open the door. Go to Genesis and we're going to see what happened the first time somebody got angry. Genesis chapter 4. Somebody got angry because their pride was hurt. Because somebody got credit and they didn't get credit. Anybody ever been angry about that? They weren't. How come they don't give me a gold star? I'm mad at that person. Why are you mad at somebody who did a good job? Because they're showing you up most of the time. Oh, he think he's somebody. Mm -hmm. He got a bonus. Well, he's supposed to get a bonus. You lazy bum. Now, Genesis chapter 4. This is what happened when anger comes in. Verse 5 says, we're just going to read verse 5 because we know the, the account. But he said, but unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. This was when, they, when God said, look, I, uh, I've shown you a system of offerings. So I need you to do this and so you can stay connected with me. And so uh, Abel, he gave a wonderful offering. Didn't he? he gave the offering that God told him to offer. And Cain gave a self-serving offering, and God did not have respect to it. And this is what happened to Cain. Cain did the, what he was not supposed to do, but what happened? Cain was very wrong at his countenance failed because he got checked. You ever get angry when you get checked? When you've done something real dumb and somebody says that was real dumb, you get mad at that person? I know you. I know you do, because I've checked every one of you. <laughs> And I've seen anger rise up in your spirit, and if you thought you could do something about it, you would have done it. Young guys, I can take you. 
He said one more thing to me, I'm gonna knock him out. The older people say, well, yeah, I should do that. It rises up in you because you have given a place for Satan to use you. Anger opens up the portal. Close the door. Amen? Amen. Don't let anger do that to you. Because when it's all said and done, not only do you lose your soul, but others lose their souls as well. We see that? The devil, we can't let this clown win. He comes in and he just laughs at God. He laughs at Christ and he laughs at us because we are his puppets because we leave these portals open. Close the door. Go to Romans if you will. We're going to stay here for just a while. Romans chapter 1. He was talking about this type of people. These people, these were church people he was talking about in Romans 1. He said they knew the truth. But they didn't stay with the truth. He said they held the truth in unrighteousness. He said, I had shared my word with them. They were my people, but they decided to go another way. And when you decide to go against God, all kind of things happen to you. Anybody experienced that before? You don't know what happened. All you know is I was, everything was going good, then it got a little tough, and I turned my back on Jesus, and everything fell apart. And then the first thing you do is get mad at Jesus. Lord, why you let this happen to me? Well, you left me, man. I always say, it's just like when he tells you, don't go outside, it's raining. You go outside and get wet, and you mad at Jesus. Why? He told you it was raining, and what happens when rain comes and you go out in it? Do you not get wet? So why are we complaining and being angry at him? He said, anything outside of me is this is foolishness that is going to happen to you. Stay with me. Stay in my command. Stay in my spirit, and these things will not happen to you. But he said, these people had decided that going with God wasn't a good idea. He said, well, no, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Anybody ever done that before? After God has taught you, and I love it when he hits you hard, too, doesn't it? You know, when God taught you something, and in five minutes, bang! I, was, I hear the testimonies, of, the private testimonies of, of God's people, and I see this, and, and I love it when people get excited that they got checked. Man, I did this. I, I, man, I was wrong. And man, as soon as I did it, he checked me. And I said, amen. <laughs> and that, that's the best kind of check, isn't it? Because what happens, what happens if you don't get checked immediately? You start thinking what you did wasn't so bad. And we know that from Ecclesiastes, don't we? So what we have to understand is this. God says, these people did not listen to me. He said, I don't want you to be those type of people. Now, let's go start at verse 29. We're not going to read. We're going to start at verse 29. We're going to go through this. He said, they were being filled with all unrighteousness. You see, that's something we got to understand. When you open the door to Satan, that's all unrighteousness. You don't get to pick and choose which unrighteous thing you want to do. You get possessed by the unrighteous spirit. And there's no telling. You'll do things that never crossed your mind. You ever see that at a party? We talk about uh, being under the influence or being inebriated. And, and, and when you are under the influence, you open yourself so that you don't know what happened. If you've ever been to college, you'll see that. And it's so sad. And this was back in our day, 35 years ago. When you see that, and, and young girls wake up in strange places. And, and, and young men do things that they didn't thought they would ever do. Why? Because they open up the portals. I'm sure some of us have seen those. Some of us have been victimized by it. Especially those who went into the circumstance knowing we shouldn't do that. We have to understand, we got to close these portals. But he said, being filled with all unrighteousness, and he talked about fornication. And we, we talk about this often, don't we? What is fornication? I don't know, I ain't never fornicated in my life. <laughs> when you participate in these sexual activities outside of marriage, you open yourself up to all kinds of things, not just bi biology. Right? Because biology, that's enough. Man out here, I don't know which, I, who. I mean, I don't know what's going on, and I don't want to know what's going on. But 
you open yourself up to, you, 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 you give access to your, your heart to the devil. And then whatever devils are in this other person, they can enter you. And you might have the devils that they had, that they had what they had, and they had with those people, and they had with those people. All of a sudden, you did one act, and you all of a sudden exposed to a thousand demons. I don't know what's wrong with my life. You got, I mean, you're twitching, you don't know what happened. You just opened up the access, now you got a boatload, sometimes even a legion of demons. Close the portal. He said unrighteousness, fornication, this wickedness, he said, this is a malice, this is people who plot. You know, he said, these things happen. When you, when you have access, when you open up that access, you'll start plotting against people. Being, you know, what they call it, wickedness. Or you have malice in your heart. You just, I just, I'm going to do something to them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. And some people do that. They get so engrossed in this spirit, they plan their whole day getting back at you. Yeah. Haven't we been there too, on that other side? Uh -huh, I'm going to watch this next time I see him. Right then. I hear that. That's very popular there. I'm on, I, on the spot. When I see them, we're going to throw hands. And you just can't wait. You're trying to find a place. I just can't wait to see that person. I'm gonna... Why? Because you gave access. And that's a, that's a sign that you are possessed by the devil. Okay? Now let's keep going. He said covetousness. You, greedy. When, you, when you're covet. You open yourself up. This is an avenue. Covetous is called an avenue. It's called Covetous Parkway. It's pretty big. It's got the nice trees. It's got all the six-lane highways. You're letting this, this devil come in and out as he pleases because you're coveting. You're greedy. You want more than you have and you want what somebody else has. And that's not just material things. Some people covet people's gifts. Man, let it go. Why don't you work on the gift God gave you and stop trying to give, get the gifts God gave somebody else? Amen. Covetousness is an avenue. What else we got? Maliciousness. And it being malicious is you intend to do harm. And that, that's a whole study in itself. And we're not just talking about you, you intend to stab somebody. You intend to do somebody harm. You know when you talk about somebody behind their back, you're intending to do some harm to that person. When you're trying to put yourself in, the, in, in a good light and putting somebody else in a bad light, that's called maliciousness. We see that? We don't agree with it, but we see it. As long as you see it, you go home and agree with it or not. I don't care. They said, and it said, full of envy. Now, let's go to Proverbs 6. I want to look at this envy thing. I want you to show how powerful envy is. In Proverbs 6, before we, we'll come back to Romans, but Proverbs chapter 6. This envy thing is real. People get shot every day over envy. Every day. Anytime you see uh, what's called a, a, a murder of uh, this person came to that person's house and killed both of them people, that came from envy. Ex-boyfriend killed ex-girlfriend with new man. That happens in Memphis. I don't know if it happens there right it happens in Memphis every other day. It happens every day, but it's just reported every other day. But envy, let's look at what envy does. And God says something about this. In verse 34 of Proverbs chapter 6. For jealousy is the rage of a man. Do you know that? Have you ever been jealous before? Now what's jealous is interesting about the word jealousy, about what jealousy really is. Jealousy is a sure sign of insecurity. If you're, if you're insecure, that's when you get jealous. If you know you're not on your job doing what you're supposed to do and somebody rolls up on, on that situation, you get furious. Okay, I don't know, maybe not. I want to tell you something. If you marry, let's say you, you're married or you, you, you're, you're with some uh, uh, lady or man and they're the right person, there's no reason to get jealous. Because whatever that person is saying is not going to affect you. Because you have somebody that doesn't play that game. You can have, oh, she's so beautiful. They come up, I remember in, in, in college, I, I, I was dating my wife. My wife. And somebody rolled up on her. Now, 
you know, Jay, my neck got kind of stiff. I'm like, okay, okay, mm -hmm. one more, say one more, yeah. And I said, well, why am I worried? She's not that kind of girl. That guy could have talked to her until now, and it wouldn't have happened. Get no thing. Bye. But if you got the wrong woman, I, you need to be. Maybe it's best that you don't have her. But but that's a sign of the of insecurity. So in any circumstance, this jealousy makes a man rage. He says it's a jealous the jealousy is a rage of a man. Therefore, he will not spare the day of vengeance. If you are jealous and you are acting off jealousy, you will do anything. You burn the house down. God says careful of envy and jealous. He will not regard any ransom, neither will he rest content, though thou givest him many gifts. He said, man, I'm going to knock you out. Anybody been there before? Now, women, I'm sure you get jealous, don't you? No, no. The paper's full of jealous women. The prisons are full of jealous women. And so, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, the same demon possesses you and makes you do things that you should not do. So we need to get off this envy and jealousy tip. No. All right. Let's go back to Romans. Go back to Romans. Still chapter 1. We go back. We have this list now. We're still in verse 35. We're Romans 135. And it says murder. Is murder access point? Murder is not, it's an access point because murder doesn't begin with the pistol. Murder begins in your heart. And you can murder somebody without, and they can still walk around. He said, don't have murder in your heart. It's an access point. Debate. When you want to debate everything somebody tells you, that's an access point. Because Satan can get in there and all debate does is cause confusion. And if he, got, if he can get you in a confused state, he got you. It's, it's, it's interesting to see people who always want to debate. And I love to see people try to debate me. Because I'm not, I'm not in this. I'm not fighting you. That's what you believe. You go right ahead and believe that, man. You have every right to believe that the earth is flat. Knock yourself out. But don't have that spirit of debate. Because all that is is I want to prove that my point is stronger than your point. That I am right and you are wrong. So relax on that debate, Jim. Amen? Debate is not just an action, it's an access point. Let's keep reading. What else? Deceit. When you're trying to hide and you're trying to, to do things underhanded or behind the scenes, that's called deceit, isn't it? He said that's an access point, and that's in your heart. When you try to be a, a deceptive individual that, you know, I want them to believe this, but I'm actually doing this. That's called deceit. That's an access point. And it doesn't stop with that one access point. It is all unrighteousness that gets to enter in when you let Satan have access to your heart. Malignity. That's kind of like this mischievousness. You ever met people just always, you know, if they say it's a game, I'm just playing. But they're always stirring stuff up. They miss, you know, you ever, some of you, you know, some people used to call you when you were little. You're just a mischievous kid. You're always into something. That's an access point. Okay? How about whisperers and backbiters? You ever met whisperers? They're called tail bearers. Ooh, let me tell you this. Or, or what's another word? Gospel. Some people don't need to know things. You realize that? Well, sometimes you just be quiet and hold that to yourself. But they're backbiters. They have intent on whispering to make sure you're stabbing somebody in the back. Well, you know, you know so-and-so. I saw so-and-so just doing this. Or, you know, that person really ain't like they seem. I know. Those are called whisperers. One thing that God said about those whispers, he said, you get rid of the tail bearer, the strife will cease. Whispering, gossiping, talking about people behind their back, that's an access point. We're talking about the church. These are, these are the things that are happening inside God's church. Isn't that horrible? And then we want to know what's wrong with our lives. Why can't things happen? Why does the devil always get the mastery over us? Because these access points you have not closed. And some of them you cherish because you're a good gossiper. 
We'll give you the joke. Tell you what, you don't want to talk bad about somebody, just sit next to me. And you get this reputation that that's what I do. God says, I need you to close that portal because it's affecting your rest of your life. He said, what else? He said, haters of God. How do you hate God? Well, let's look at the equation. He said, if you love me, you'll do what? So what the equation will tell you, if you don't keep my commandments, what are you doing? You're hating me. Isn't that hard? Isn't that just a hard saying? Because no one ever wants to say, I hate God. Because everybody figures that's a bad idea. But if you love me, you keep my commandments. If you don't keep my commandments, what are you doing? He said, you have become a hater of God. Hating God or not keeping his word is an access point. Amen? Hang in there. We were almost through. This is not to beat everybody up. We're just pointing out these access points. Sister Jones, it sure did. These access points, these portals that need to be closed so we can go on to perfection. We can go on and be what we're supposed to be. We might not have known being envious and covetous and, and, and having a temper. and We might not have known this is giving access to the devil. But guess what? You'll leave here today knowing these things so you can start working on what? Closing the access. He said despiteful pride of pride. Pride makes people do stupid stuff. Why should you be proud? Who are you but dust? God said, you aren't even dirt. When God made Adam, he said, I've created him from the dust of the ground. And, and before Christ blew into his nostrils the breath of life, he was a lump of clay. So we're walking around as vessels for a spirit. Why, what, why are you so prideful? I've done all of this by myself. No, you didn't. You didn't even wake up this morning by yourself. If God said no, guess where you'd be right now? Where, wherever you laid down. He said, I, I, I give you power to get well. I give you these principles and these statutes to live by. I give you my spirit that, that flows through your body so you may understand my word. I told the cells in your body to keep reproducing. I did that. Where is your pride? He talked to Job about that for a few chapters. He said, surely you know where, how I hung this earth. He said, where, where is it fast? I know you know when the stars sing to me. What are they singing? He said, look, you need to understand you're but man. We need to understand that because when we think we're more than that, there's a portal being opened and it's called pride. We get our feelings hurt entirely too much. We are both the most sensitive people on the face of the earth. He made me say something. I'm Jesus. Man, please. Grow up in Christ. What are we getting our feelings there for? You're dead. But that's what the book says. Are we well, every time you get your feelings hurt, you realize I, I ain't dead yet. Lord help me. Somebody, I don't know where they always talking about me. <laughs> Okay, go back to preschool. In men's retreat, I'm a little harder in my conversation because men need to really get over that. Because if you're going to be a husband, you're going to be a father, you can't be a whiner. I don't know what I did. Man, no, no one want to hear that. Well, no good one. Unless you're marrying your mama, which most of these guys are doing. <coughs> somebody I can whine to, just like I whine. I worried my mama for 25 years. Let me worry some other woman. Y'all do know that's happening, don't you? That's why these women are so frustrated. Because I can't find a man. I got a bunch of mama's boys. So if you're going to be a father, and if you're going to be a father of children, either your children or daughters, or your, or your children or sons, you have to be a man. And one thing about being a man, you have to close all the portals for your house. Because God is coming to you and asking you, what happened to this flock I gave you? Well, I, I was tired. I didn't feel like closing that portal. And then your children grow up crazy. This is kind of reality. We okay? All right. I mean, I, I see it in your eyes. Don't worry. And God said in the book of Isaiah, don't worry about how they look. Just keep telling me, telling them what I tell you. Okay? It's all right. 
He says, pride boasters. Stop boasting. The Bible says a, a man who boasts of a false gift is like uh, clouds without rain. You know, what's the use of a cloud that ain't going to rain? Stop boasting. What are you boasting about? How wonderful you are. How smart you are. Do you know there's somebody smarter than you on earth right now? Can you believe that? I know it's hard. Somebody might know more than you right now. I mean, you know, you ain't got to go to, to the laboratories. You can go outside this building, walk down the street, and you'll run into somebody smarter than you. So, why are you both? Amen? Amen? Let's keep going. Inventors of evil things. Disobedient to parents. Huge access points. Disobeying your parents will invite the devil, his band, his friends, and everybody into your life. How many people died because they were disobedient to their parents? Because Satan, remember Satan wants to do is kill, steal, and destroy. So he loves it when you say, I ain't going to do what mama tells me to do. I'm not, no, they don't know what they're talking about. Mama pleading with you, crying with you, saying, Lord, just son or daughter, do what the Lord says. Let, let, you know, God, God's got a plan for you. Uh-huh, I got my own plan. Six-way highway. Devil coming through with a bulldog. He's all good. I got him. He won't even listen to his own people. So I know he won't listen to God. You know what parents sit in your, in your life when you're growing up? They represent God. And if you don't obey them, you'll never obey God. Now, what happens if you have bad parents? Parents who don't do what God says. Does that make it easy? I mean, that, that make it excusable for you not to respect them and honor them? No. No. God didn't say, if your parents are good, honor your father and mother. He didn't say that. He said, honor them. If they tell you to do something evil, say, Mom, I can't do that because the Father in Heaven says don't do that. But Dad, I can't do that because Jesus said don't do that, but I love you anyway and I appreciate you. But don't be that kind of people who you have godly parents. Parents who pray for you every morning. People who cry for you. People who check on you. And you just go against them. He said that, that, that's an access point that some, some people don't come back from. So remember that. He said, without understanding, covenant breakers. Now I'm going to show you something about covenant breakers. What happens if you say, I'm going to be there at 10 o'clock? That's an agreement, isn't it? You made an agreement with this person so that you got a covenant, you got at least two people. And you show up at 10.30. I was just late. You were a covenant breaker. When you don't respect someone else's time, it's an access point. You know when you don't respect somebody else's time, what that says to the other person? Whatever they were doing is more important than what we, what we were going to do. Covenant break. I mean, that was a, it was a lot of covenant breakers, but that was a simple one. A simple one. Honor your word. Because how can somebody trust you? How can somebody make an agreement with you? How can you walk together with somebody if you keep breaking the covenant? It's terrible. Let's keep going. Without natural affection. Do we need to go through that? Now, let's go through a piece of it. And everybody says, oh yeah, that's them. those people. No. These are people who don't have mercy and don't care about each other. These are the people who are so self-absorbed that they couldn't help a person who needs some help. That's what you, 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 what you call not natural affection. You don't even have that kind of affection. There used to be a point where neighbors would help neighbors. Way back in the day, if the neighbor's house burned down, not only would the neighbors get together to make sure you had some covering and had some food, they would say, we're going to take up a collection and we're going to build you a house. Right now, the neighbor's house burned down, you're looking to see if you can steal anything out of there. The other side of this natural affection, where do you think it came from? You open up an access point for Satan to have his self-absorbed homosexual feelings and tendencies in your life. But I want that, you open the door. Lord help us. He also said, implacable. 
You ever met a person you couldn't reason with? A person who just dead set on a point, and I don't care what truth you tell me, I'm not giving in. It's like, I know, I know Christmas ain't got nothing to do with Jesus, but I'm bowing down to, to Santa. You ever met those people? Have you ever been that person? When somebody really came with you, and they gave you truth, and they gave you what was really what's going on, and you said, I'm not going to believe it, I don't care what you say. Access point, stubbornness. He said, being unmerciful is an access point. And he finishes up saying, who knoweth the judgment of God, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And this is what happens. We'll start envying those who perfect the open portal uh, positions. We'll start looking at television and say, man, I want to be like that person. I want to be like that person. All of these people are inundated with legions of demons, and we envy them. Let's close the portals this morning. Amen? This is something we need to pray. Let's go to Psalm 139. We'll get out of here. We need to have this prayer this morning, Psalm 139. Because some of us are sitting there saying, I don't have any open portals. I closed that portal. Look at me. A sinner cannot detect sin. Okay? That's why a sinner can't save a sinner. That's why we have to pray this prayer. It's found in Psalm 139. David prayed this prayer because he understood his position. David was full of holes. David said, yeah, Lord, I am full of these open portals. Lord, help me. I know I have lost my mind. And David loved the Lord. The more you love the Lord, the more you know you need the Lord. So he, 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 he prayed this prayer in 139, found in the book of Psalm 139, in verse 23. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And then what? Lead me in the way everlasting. And that way is that closed portal way. That closed access way. He said, but we can't search our heart and say, Lord, okay, I do this, I do this. He said, no, don't try to do that. Just say, Lord, search my heart. Point these things out to me. Because I am a sinner. I can't detect sin. I might be 98% right, but that 2% will send me straight to hell. So search me and do what? Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. And then lead me in the way everlasting. Now let's, let's close on a scripture of hope. Because y'all look like y'all have been beat with a bag of oranges. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. Know this. After this, know this. God is a merciful God. God is a God who longs to save you. He longs to walk with you. He longs to close these portals that we have made open. Even when we pry them back open, after he has nailed them shut, we get the crowbar and pry them back open, he still loves us. He still says, I know, son. I know, daughter. You just lost your mind for a minute. Come on back home. But I want to end with Philippians chapter 4 and verse 7. He said, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall do what? See, once you decide to close the portal, God said, I'll keep you. He said, I, I, I shall keep your hearts and minds through who? Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus. He said, hey, hey. Once you decide you, this is the life you want to lead, you want to go down that way everlasting, I'll keep you. I'll help you because you can't help yourself. You can't close these portals. You can't do this. He said, look, this is what I want you to do. Know that I will keep you. I will help you. Anybody want to close these portals today? Anybody recognize there might be a few windows left open and that the enemy has been coming in through the back door? God said, I can help you if you just believe me, if you just trust me. If you say, Lord, I want to close these portals, he said, that's all I need you to do. And when I tell you how to close them, perform the doing of them. Because sometimes, Brother Jake, you're going to need some plywood for this particular hole that you got. Sometimes you're going to need a blowtorch. Sometimes you're going to have to move. 
But whatever it is, you just be ready to hear it. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Sometimes he might say, I need you to get that person out of your life. Are we ready to do that? If he says that person is not with me right now, and where you are, you can't handle that. That doesn't make that person more evil than you, does it? He's trying to save both of you. What happens he says, I need you, you're going to have to lose that job. But that's my only job I got? No. He said, you're going to have to lose that one. Are you okay with that? Yes, Lord, I'm okay. You know, sometimes God doesn't tell you he got a, he's got a better job for you. He'll just see if you're going to be faithful to say, I'm ready to lose that. He might say, that contract, don't sign that. But, but Lord, that, 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 that's a million dollar contract. He said, don't sign that. Are you willing to say, amen? See, it's not just people who own jobs. It's people who own businesses. It's people who do contracts. It's people who have relationships. He might say, walk away from a relationship you've had for 40 years. Are you willing to do that? He's trying to save you. Do you trust him? What happens if it's your parents? But you just told me to honor them. Yes, honor them. Walk away right now. I, uh, that mama, I ain't leave mama. Okay, stay with mama. Portal still be open. That doesn't mean mama's the portal, is it? It's just you and your relationship is a bad idea. Let me fix that. What happens if, if you come home and, and tell your wife, baby, we're going to change the way we do things. Are you willing to do that? And she's going to be mad. Yep. But if you do what he tells you to do, guess who comes with you? Christ Jesus. And doesn't he fix everything? Didn't he pass you up and say, son, sit back here, I'm working on her too. And wouldn't that be wonderful? Y'all might even have a marriage after Jesus gets through with it. Instead of just cohabitating. Your brothers and sisters. Your flesh brothers and sisters. How about that? He might tell you to humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. But I'm not wrong, Lord. And? He said, I need you to do that. Because I'm trying to save you and them. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to let it all go in the name of Jesus? Because there's a promise. I'll keep it. If anybody's ever tried and knows this, everything he has for us is better than what we got for ourselves. Are we all right? Feel better now? Joy, happiness, peace? It's going to be all right. Isn't it? All right. Thank you for taking the time to tune us in today. We pray that you've been blessed by the word. If you would like more of these sermons, please check us out on our YouTube page, download our podcast, and like and share us on Facebook and Twitter. May God bless you today and forevermore.